i could have felt angry that i had the flat tire in the first place disgruntled by the interruption frustrated with how my teaching evening might proceed but instead i felt aware in the mundane of my everyday life when things go wrong when i feel like i can't do it anymore my testimony was actually strengthened and my faith increased On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We have wrapped up the series on mindsets. I think we went through about 13 of them. So if you want to backtrack a little bit, find a mindset that maybe you need a little bit of work on or you hadn't thought of before and you'd like to consider that, you might want to jump back in there. The Clubhouse episodes are aired on Mondays. So you might want to go back through there and check those out and see if there's one you might like. So we wrapped up that series and our next series that starts today is all about reframing toxic thoughts. So each week I'll pick one toxic thought that maybe you say I certainly have said in my life and we're going to look at it a little bit and kind of pull it apart and then attempt to Find those replacement thoughts to take, you know, to kind of boot out the toxic thought and bring in an appropriate, truth-filled, life-giving thought in its place. The, the toxic thought for today is, I can't do my life. I don't know if you've ever been there, if you've ever thought that, if that's ever crossed your mind where you have been just so exasperated and at the end of your rope and what's coming out of your mouth and what you've been pondering and thinking about is I just can't do this anymore. I cannot do my life anymore. I'm done. I cannot do this life. And for me personally, I can think of several times where I really was so overwhelmed in my life, trying to do so many things, trying to keep so many balls in the air and just juggle, 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 so many pots on the stove, however you want to look at it, where I just had so many things on my to-do list that it felt really overwhelming. And maybe sometimes I'll tell you this, sometimes I knew that I was at that point of utter frustration and defeat when something would happen that normally doesn't happen. Like maybe I would forget to pay a bill, which hardly ever happens in my life. I can count on one hand the times I've forgotten to pay a bill or, you know, meant to take care of something and didn't financially, you know, something kind of important like that. And so when those things happen, that's always the, the straw that has broken my back and something like that happens. And then I have a breakdown and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am just doing too much. And it's usually because of something like that, that's 
out of the ordinary that happens it really gets my attention and makes me say Victoria you've got to slow down you've got to reprioritize and I've got a little notepad here and that's one of the things I'm writing writing down right now is slow down and prioritize because that's probably what was in order when I felt so overwhelmed and so out of sorts and you know maybe that's you and I can I can tell you that and maybe you can relate have you ever been really really hard on yourself have you ever held yourself to such high standards that perhaps you would never hold a close friend to those same standards Have you ever pushed yourself so hard that you literally, in the end of it, you're just absolutely exhausted? Have you ever said yes way too many times? Have you ever tried so hard to take care of everybody else and make sure everybody else was happy, make sure their needs were met, when really you were just going on fumes, you were running on fumes, there was no fuel in your tank, you were just running on empty Have you ever done that? I'm sure you have. And I can think of many seasons in my life where that was the, that's just how I did my life. I, I, I struggled and I, I could hold it together and I could manage and I could do those things and I could check off 20 points on my list and have them done. And then there would come a point where I couldn't. And so really to have that toxic thought, I can't do my life. Now I've learned to reframe that. I've learned to restructure that. I've learned to listen to that in a new way. And when I feel like I'm having those thoughts that it's coming off into my brain, into my mind, into my, you know, I'm, I'm actually verbalizing it. When that's happening often, then I take that as an indicator. Just like if I were driving my vehicle and I have the dash, the dashboard there, if there's a light flashing there, that's a warning sign for me. And so when I have a thought like that now, I can't do my life, then to me that's a warning sign. And that is an indicator that, hey, something's a little out of balance. Something's not quite working here, Victoria. And you might just need to slow down and prioritize. And those are really my go-to steps when that's happening. Because when I feel like I can't do my life, my life is probably going about 100 miles an hour. It's going very fast. And it's like the faster you drive a car, the more insecure you may feel about being able to keep it on the road. If I drive down my street and I'm going 15 miles an hour, I'm fairly confident that I can keep it on the road. If I go to 50 miles an hour, it's still the same for me. If I were to drive my vehicle, and I don't know how fast my car goes, but let's say it goes, can it go like 200 miles an hour? Is that too much for a car? Let's say it goes 110, 20, 30, something like that. The faster I drive, the less confidence I have that if something, you know, if I were to hit something or something were to dart in front of me that I could actually keep it on the road. I mean, it only makes sense, right? But the analogy is that the more our lives are going and going and going and we're just not stopping, we're just human doings and not human beings, then we're at greater risk 
to come off track and to, to get off track. So when the light on your dashboard starts to blink and flash, it may just be an indicator as it is for me now that I need to slow down, regroup and prioritize and kind of think about what it is that I'm missing where I'm a little barren, where I need, what areas of my life need attention. We could look at several different areas, you know, of our lives and just that some people say it's a myth that you can ever be balanced. But to me, it's just a gradual kind of bending and bowing and up and down you know, as far as that goes, I don't think anybody's meant to be just static and perfectly balanced. That doesn't even sound possible to me. But just the normal ups and downs and ups and downs, you know, we don't get stuck anywhere. But now you may get stuck and I could certainly talk about getting stuck. But right now I'm just talking about where you reach that point where you dip so far down into, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. And you really want to check out. I can remember a time, and this was probably a decade ago, where I was homeschooling and working as much as I possibly could. And, you know, as a single mom, I had my four kids and putting them through school and and trying to make so many decisions. And I have my house and a car to keep up with and you know, all those things that, that we try to do in life and friends and church and kid events and running hither and yon. And so all of that swirling around. And I, I would just get to that point where I thought, I, I just can't do this anymore. And it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. Something was robbing me of joy and that, you know, that would have been nice to have had at that moment. And I can tell you it was very frustrating because I would kind of be like, oh, I, I can't, you know, this whole Bible thing isn't working for me. Like the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, what about that? I can't do all things. I can't, I can't. And, you know, I just would find myself resistant even to some of the scripture verses that now I really cling to in a new way. But before I would be resistant toward them and almost like, mm, like, ugh, like that's just, I don't believe that almost. And because it didn't seem to be true in my life. And so you have you been there? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you just, and maybe you're there now. Maybe you're feeling like you're unseen. You're unheard. You are doing all the right things. You're working just as hard and fast as you can. You are crossing your T's and dotting your I's. You are able to make sure there's a meal on the table. You're able to make sure that your children have clean clothes to wear. You try to keep your car functioning as best you can. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're trying to, you know, do that nine to five job and then go to soccer practice and then trim your grass on the weekends. And, you know, it's just so many life things that, that we have and that we face. And, it's unique to each individual, but maybe you felt before like you get to the end of your rope. And I would venture to say that we all have had that feeling before. And it's a very lonely place to be. It's kind of a frightful place to be. And I remember once what I was saying a moment ago when there was a moment I just wanted to throw my hands up and I thought, I want to have a mental breakdown. I wanted to have one in the sense of how do I do it? 
because I just wanted to check out. And I thought, okay, here I am grading stacks of Spanish papers. What do I do? Just throw them up in the air and walk away from them and leave them lying right there. And then I drive to Cincinnati. Is that how I check out? Um, you know, it, I mean, I, I actually remember thinking that, like, it, how can I just, I want to go through with this breakdown thing. How do I do it? But then I wouldn't because I thought, well, great. Even if I had a breakdown, if I could somehow figure out how to have one, then I would just have to come home and pick up all those papers and still grade them and give them back to my students. So it almost seemed like it would be more work if I did that than just fight it out and figure it out um, on my own. So, and maybe, you know, I'm just being honest. That's, those were just some of the thoughts. I was younger as a Christian and trying to figure out how to do life with God. And, but there were plenty of times when I felt like I couldn't do my life. But I'll tell you this, the more I said I couldn't do my life, the more a dark cloud hung over my head. Because what I was verbalizing was such a powerful negative that it was magnified. And the more I said, and the more I thought, and the more I energized, and the more I engaged the thought, I can't do my life, the harder my life got. So I have this thing I do now. And when I start feeling like that, yes, I slow down. And yes, I try to prioritize and I analyze and I take a look at what's going on in my life and where there may be issues where I need, maybe I just need to relax. Maybe I need to get out of Dodge. Maybe I need to eat better because I've been consuming too much sugar or unhealthy foods. Maybe I need some fresh air and sunshine. Maybe I need to connect with that friend I haven't spoken with in ages. Maybe I need to spend more time with the Lord. Maybe I need to just you know, get down on the floor before him and cry. Crying is so cleansing. And I I love it when I have one of those good cries because it's, I'm so restored after. Maybe I just need to pour out my heart to him. There's so many things that when I get to that breaking point that now as a more mature Christian, I've learned to ask myself and I've learned to analyze and I've learned to come at it in a way of, what is it I need to do? Where is it in my life? Which tank is really low? The emotional one, the physical one, the spiritual one? Where am I really, really, really running on empty, running on fumes? So I've learned to look at those now. And then I've also learned to prioritize some of the things that I have to do. I don't even call it a to-do list anymore. I call it a get-to-do list. I don't have to go help my daughter or my parents, or my friend, I don't have to help these folks, I get to. And suddenly, even just by reframing that, it allows me to look at the situation in a different way. And it reminds me of what a privilege it is to do life with so many people I love, and I care for, and what a privilege it is that I get to do these things that my children are living that my parents are living that I get to see them as often as I do so that's also that's a reframe we'll talk about maybe for another episode but the I can't do my life because it's just too hard I've learned this little trick and instead of of giving way to a toxic thought like that I've begun to ask myself what if this were easy what if everything I'm doing right now actually were easy 
that has revolutionized how I look at my life because when I feel like that dark cloud is approaching I'm like ooh, there's a lot of things on my get to do list and when I'm feeling that rise then I like I can ask myself okay but what if this were actually easy and I just think it's hard or I'm making it hard or I'm picturing it as hard what if I could say you know this is really just easy and try it because for some reason that really helped me even that little bit of a reframe helped me to get a new perspective on whatever I might have been going through and and I thought well if I thought this were easy then I might not worry about x y or z regarding it because you know it's easy so anyway you might try that little trick but I actually want to read to you part of a little excerpt from a book I wrote and it was called The Single Sojourner. I'm actually re- redoing this book and it the subtitle is Five Missions to Anchor a Woman's Heart and it was about being single and how to deal with life and if there's any time in my life, well I'm still single but I just being single is hard. It comes with its own hardships. Now I know being married is hard too. I, I'm not trying to you know, compare and contrast those. But what I'm saying is that it comes with its own set of of challenges, right? And so sometimes being single can make us feel like I can't do this anymore. I need help, right? It's a plea for help. Sometimes we're just like, I do need help. And by the way, that's probably a good question to ask yourself also as you're analyzing your physical, emotional, and spiritual tanks is where do you need help? What is it? Do you, maybe it's, it's, uh, it could, we could even add your practical tank in there and just with the practicalities of life. And that's sort of what the story that I'm going to read this excerpt from, from the book, which I'm, I'm redoing, um, right now it's available on Amazon, but I'm, I actually am, I'm going to, that's the first edition. I'm working on a second edition after I do my devotional, right? I'm writing the devotional right now. And so I'm spending most of my time and energy on that. I remember telling a story in the book single single sojourner about an experience that I had and this was a time in my life when again I was I was very productive extremely productive busy whatever we want to call it and it was just like in maddening and the the art of making sure all of my tanks were filled and were appropriately filled and properly filled filled were that was really a difficult task even it would be like okay I can't do my life and so I was talking about as a single how we lack a certain sense of practical security we do of course have inner security in the Lord but in our humanness as singles at times we may feel like we do life with one arm tied behind our backs if we get a flat flat tire in our car and there's no one to call we learn to fix the flat ourselves or it doesn't get fixed or we go for help speaking of flats I've changed four to five of them now and this was written back in 2013 I think and it's true for some reason I had this issue with flat tires I don't know why if there was something in the road that could puncture a tire I could somehow find it I don't know why and I bought good tires it's not that I bought cheapy ones I bought good ones and still I managed to get holes in them I I don't and I changed brands and I researched and you name it but at any rate a flat tire has a special symbolic meaning and maybe 
it's kind of like feeling like I can't do my life. It's that same flat tire feeling that, that you may be up against. And it's a practical application on life, right? Because practically speaking, we may get a flat. So, okay. So here's one particular flat story that I had. And it, it says this, on a scorching day in August, as I was driving to work, my tire blew. At this point, I was just matter of fact about it and far more irritated than distraught. And I was saying things like this, at least it's not the engine, I reasoned that. Lord, please help me know what to do here, I pleaded. I called the campus to ask the security officer to go to my classroom and announce to my students that I had a flat, but I was on my way. I didn't want them to leave. Apparently they can leave after 10 minutes or something, and I didn't want them to go because I was gonna get there. Well, then I got out of my van to assess the situation. And this was a little bit later in the day because I would teach sometimes in the um, early afternoon. I mean, later afternoons. I was wearing a skirt and high heels. So I was at once annoyed that I had chosen that day to dress up. Now, I knew I would get messy and sweaty and yeah. So the tire was completely flat. having bl It blew out a side radial. Have you ever had that happen? Uh, how on earth did that happen? I hadn't run over anything. It's, um, it was an issue with the tire, I thought. Where's my jack? I mean, I was thinking, okay, I got to get the jack out. Oh, Lord, please help me get this, get this um, done. These lug nuts are terribly tight. I, I know they are, right? They're so tight. So please give me the strength. Okay, here we go. So I felt so grateful that I had actually... Um, pulled off on a nice flat area off the road and so I was out of harm's way at you know at that point so just I was getting the jack out a huge white pickup the driver left his diesel engine running and the noise was positively deafening everything seemed to proceed in slow-mo at that point all I saw were the silver spurs on his cowboy boots as he exited his truck the sun blocked his cowboy hatted face as he stood before me and all I heard was his deep drawing voice can I help you ma'am and in a miraculous display of precision and ease and brawn this gentleman changed my tire in three minutes flat as I stood there trying to help the tears began to slip down my face soon he finished got up and headed back to his truck sir may I write you a check I yelled over the roar of his engine he only smiled and tipped his hat as he hoisted himself back in the saddle then as quickly as he appeared, he was gone. I'm going to get teary now that, I mean, I'm kind of reliving that moment now, but dang, can you believe that? He just came, he appeared, and then he left. Okay, so as I sat in the driver's seat, reflecting on what had just happened, I marveled at the Lord's provision in awe of his goodness. He entered my life. He showed up just when I needed him the most. I could have felt angry that I had the flat tire in the first place, disgruntled by the interruption, frustrated with how my teaching evening might proceed. But instead, I felt aware in the mundane of my everyday life, when things go wrong, when I feel like I can't do it anymore, my testimony was actually strengthened and my faith increased. I could share with others the power of God's goodness and the perfection of his provision. 
smoothing out my skirt and then putting it in drive. I was so touched that the Lord sent me a stud to take care of me. To me, that was a marvel. I prayed for help with no one to call. Every friend's husband was working at that hour, and God sent me help all right. I don't see many cowboys with silver spurs on their boots around these parts, not to mention his white hat. Don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. He sent me a stud. I go on to say, perhaps you listen to this story and you view the events as completely coincidental. Well, it could be. I can't prove that God was directly or indirectly involved in any aspect of my cowboy story. But thank goodness no one can prove he wasn't. This is where our faith comes in. And even then, faith is not as important as the object of our faith and what that object does to support itself as a viable, truth-filled object. We believe God because we're born again and new creatures in Christ. We believe God's word because there's no single book ever written with as much historicity, geographical and archaeological backing, extant proof, and inner cohesion, cohesion and consistency as the Bible. We believe God is creator because we marvel at and stand in awe of his creation. We believe God because he gives our lives purpose and meaning. And do you remember Isaiah 50, 11? Well, what happens to those who light their own fires and provide themselves with torches to walk in the light cast by those fires? Yeah, they lie down in torment, basically. So all that to say, just think about this for a minute. How do we reframe, I can't do my life, when we feel that? Well, we have to trace it back from our feeling and those emotions that we're having at that moment to the very thoughts that we're thinking and what we're actually believing. And really and truly, you're right and I'm right. We can't do our lives. I really can't and you really can't. And that shouldn't surprise us that we can't do our lives because that focuses on the I. And the ability to reframe that thought into the truthful statement, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, that brings us energy and that brings us life. Now, does that mean that we don't ask for help or we don't self-care and make sure that we're you know, doing right things and good things and healthy, wholesome things for ourselves. Of course not. We have a responsibility in all of that. But the bottom line is that God is here with us and that God will help us through these times, even when we feel so in such despair. And practically speaking, it's probably a call to action for you to slow down a little bit and to take inventory of what's going on and where your tanks are and where you need a little bit of assistance and what you need to say no to and what you need to let go of in your life. It's probably just a light flashing on your dashboard that you need to tend to so that you can come back into that joy and that, you know, that that joy is the best word, that happiness, that energy, that, um, you know, where there's a bounce in your step as you're going about your day. And that's because you're walking with the Lord. And that's because you're depending on him because we can't do things without him. We need him desperately. We need him even in practical ways. We need him. In, we need him spiritually, emotionally, physically, and practically speaking. So the reframe thought is, 
okay, when I have that, I can't do my life. I'm going to do those fast action items, like slow down and prioritize and analyze. And then from there, I'm going to invite God in. And once I see the areas where I need a little touch, a little bit of extra attention, I'm going to go to those. I mean, I'm going to take care of those and tend to those, but I'm also going to invite God into my life in all of those areas. And suddenly the result of that is that with God, we can scale a wall. That's another scripture passage that, that I like because truly, can I go out there and scale a wall? I don't know. We have some walls around, you know, around Midway and Dilly, Kentucky and some of those nice stone walls that we have. And if it's short enough, yeah, but scale a wall, like really scale a wall. Can I do that? Do you see how that is just a beautiful way of saying that God will equip us to scale that wall if that's the wall he wants us to scale, but we go at it with him. So I hope you're encouraged. I hope that you see that that what appears to be paradoxical, like we, we can't, yet we can. We can't on our own because it's not by our own power or our might, but instead it's by God's Spirit that we can. And we need to bring His Spirit into every single bucket that we have every single aspect of our lives and then suddenly when we're thinking I can't do my life and we kind of reorient ourselves and reprioritize we find out that really and truly we can do anything with God and we can stand on that verse through Christ I can do all things through him because he gives me the strength he is the strength and his yoke is easy and light so um, thank you for joining me on this reframe and I'll see you next week when we will reframe another toxic thought let's see what stories we can come up with but thank you for your support and until next time Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga ciao And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.